When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Coming up on today's episode, our ranking series continues as we shift from forwards to defense, including where the Jets stand after they stood pad in the offseason. Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. What's good and welcome to another episode of Skates and Plates on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brandon Rowicki. You can follow me on Twitter at Brandon underscore Rowicki or the podcast at Skates Plates Pod. All right, good to be back and good to have you guys along once again. Excited to get into ranking series part two, the blue line. Pretty much the only thing we talk about now. In August in the offseason for the Winnipeg Jets, unfortunately, because it's a lack thereof of moves. So we're ranking the same team once again, which is something I would not have ever imagined saying two years ago, let alone going into last season. But here we are, and we'll find out where the Jets stack up headed into 2023-24 in just a little bit. Helping me along once again, co-host... CJOB's Tyson Rowicki joining us once again. How are we doing today, T-Dog? Fantastic. There's not, there's something about doing some preseason rankings that just kind of gets the blood flowing. You get the, you're like, oh, ooh, this is a new deep pair. Ooh, this is a new deep pair. Then, then you know how like, hockey season's right around the corner. It's like Mount, Mount Rushmore, you're kind of mailing it in. Yeah, but at least with like ranking series, you get an extra little jolt, right? Like it's yeah. so okay. We're getting a sense of where things stand heading into training camp, at least. Get a better sense of how the club's going to be. And there's a, uh, it's funny. There's a lot more excitement up front, Tyson, than there is on the back end this year. Um, I think you know, obviously, being that there were actual changes to the <laughs> forward core, but I'm intrigued to see what the uh, what the general public thinks about the status of of that blue line. Especially, you know, coming off the fact that they damn near had a Norris campaign from one of their defensemen. But I, I wonder if it's all that positive heading into the year. Well, we'll get into that in just a bit. Um, but before we do that, let's start off with a little bit of trivia, Tyson. And you were tasked the, with the questions today, and I just gave you a simple theme. And see uh, see what you were able to come up with to try to stump the Schwab here. So it's just quite simply defenseman theme trivia. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Beauty. All right, let's get into it. I'll start you off with kind of a layup because this is just one of my favorite stats. And I don't know why, but just with the player involved. But who had the most points 
from a D-man in 2010-2011. With 68. Nick Lidstrom won the Norris that year with, I believe it was 67 or 66. How am I supposed to get... That's a layup? <laughs> Maybe it is just for me, just because I've, like... Ever since I've seen this stat, I'm just so infatuated. Do you want the de- do you want the team? I think that's fair. Anaheim. 2010-2011, Anaheim led the led, led the league in defensive led, scoring? Led the league in defensive scoring. I mean, it wouldn't, yeah. Was it Lubomir Vishnovsky? Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a weird year. That was, yeah. That was I, I know Fowler never led the league in scoring, but Viznovsky just went off. And he was so old too. Like it was so <laughs> random. That, and that like that's just always one of my favorite stats. I love that's that's always one I keep in my back pocket. Right, just yeah. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard, but <laughs> let's keep it going. Number two, this was where it gets a little trickier, I think. But there's only been four times in Jets 1.0 and 2.0 history, so combining the two reiterations, where D-Man has scored 20 goals. Can you name the four defensemen that have done that? Three three are from the first iteration, one's from the second. Well, I mean, Morris, he just did it, right? I don't think he got 20 goals, did he? I don't know. You're the trivia guy. That might have been... I have to double-check that, but I thought he had 18 or... Okay, he had 16. Bad start. Well, if it's, I mean, if it's 2.0, then it, I knew it was either Morrissey or Bufflin. So I yeah. guess I'll, yeah, I'll, um, yeah I'll, I'll go with Buff there. 20 goals, hey? I mean, I don't think Teppo Newman scored all that much. So I'll go with Phil Housley as one of the others. Yep. Phil Housley's one of them. Gotta go with Randy Carlisle. Nope. Very well then. <laughs> I mean, I would have. Okay, yeah. I don't. Oh man, I, I. Uh, nah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to to come up with. Well, I don't think. I don't think Schobert ever scored twenty. No. No. Yeah. I'm. 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 I'm going to tap out on that one. Sure. Yeah. So the other one of the others was Dave Ellett. Oh, jeez. In eight in eighty eight eighty nine, and then the second one. Uh, it, it's a not North American player. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, my my brain's in a pretzel right now. Frederick Olison. Oh, So it wasn't even any old school guy. I think that was my pro. I was trying to go back to the eighties. Yeah, but a couple of yeah, nice the nice dependable Swede, Freddie Olison. This I should have got Dave Allen. I should have got Dave Allen. Yeah. Well, can't win them all, but. <laughs> Lastly, who is the most recent defenseman to make the triple gold club? So, world championship, Olympic gold, and world junior gold. The most recent? Yes. Oy. Oh, that's a tough. Can I get the year at least? Like, do you know the year they, they pulled? You don't even have to say what tournament, but just the year. So, he would have finished it off in 2019. Oh God! So he won the worlds in 2019. No. Oh, the Olympics. No. Wait, what? 
<laughs> oh wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, sorry, I, I, I messed that up. That's my <laughs> Yeah, you messed it up. The, the cha- world championship. Sorry. Yeah, my God. <laughs> there wasn't even the Olympics in 2019. Okay, well, I have no idea now because you don't even know what year and what <laughs> tournaments is, is is going on here. Uh, 2019. I mean, I know that. I know Scott Niedermeyer was. That's not Niedermeyer. That's too late. 2019. Um, I guess I'm gonna guess it's a Canadian. Um, yes, and I, I I will I will uh, correct myself once again. This is just oh my <laughs> gosh, Tyson. The triple gold club was a Stanley Cup, Olympic gold, and World Championships, and he won the Stanley Cup in 2019. Oh my gosh, you are just. <laughs> This is just brutal. <laughs> uh, okay, 2019. I don't even know. don't even care anymore. Um, 2019, would that have been the Blues? Petrangelo? No, not Petrangelo. I don't know. I, I don't even know, Tyson. That was the worst question of all time. <laughs> it would have been good if I got the tournament right. Yeah, yeah I bet it would have been good. <laughs> it's Jay Bomeister. Oh, so okay, same team. Nice. All right. Uh, well, all right. Well, Tyson's uh, banned from trivia. Uh, <laughs> coming up with questions for the next little bit because he didn't know half the teams and couldn't even spit out the question on the other one. Well, I, I, <laughs> I got it was the right stat. It was just the wrong. I just slipped up and said World Juniors instead of just ruined everything. Stat. It's also weird that it's called the Triple Gold Club and the Stanley Why is it Cup weird? Oh yeah, because it's yeah, because it's a silver trophy. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I get that. I mean, it's just it's more so the uh, the rarity of it. I mean, there's a couple quad golds too that that picked up a world junior. As I think Scott Niedermeyer picked up. A, actually, Scott Niedermeyer he he did all five. Niedermeyer he got the. Um, I'm pretty sure he won world junior gold and won the Memorial Cup as well. Mike Richards too. Oh, good. Mike Richards might have won the Calder too. Yeah, he won everything. He won everything. Just yeah. not in Philly. <laughs> awesome. Good stuff. All right. Let's move on here. Let's get to the uh, meat and potatoes of the episode here. The defensive rankings. And taking a look at my rankings from the previous season, Tyson. I think no surprise. We will have a repeat. Oh, no. These are my old ones. Never mind. Um, we but, but we will have a repeat champion at the top of the rankings for myself. Winnipeg Jets, pretty much smack dab in the middle last year. 17 for me. So will they be able to improve on that? Might be difficult considering they are bringing the exact same defenseman back this year. But it'll be intriguing to see if if status quo in terms of the personnel... But an elevated performance from Josh Morrissey is enough to push them team-wise up in the rankings there. Um, Just kind of a bit of a recap here. If you haven't been following along with our ranking series the past little while, we essentially just rank all the teams in terms of, you know, forward positional rankings. Um, This time the defense, and it's just quite simply, which defense core would you want to have the most heading into this season and playoffs alone? Cap implications be damned. You just want this group for one run and one run alone. Um, On top of that, I have a bit of a qualifier, I guess, Tyson, in terms of what I look for 
in an elite defense group. And then I could just kind of went from there. Okay, which teams have my elite categories? And then I whittle them down, you know, less and less as we went along. But for me, to be anywhere near the top 10, you had to have two number one defensemen. Generally staggered on different pairings. But that, that to me is the, the hallmark of Stanley Cup winning teams. There might be two or three in the past 20, 30 years that didn't have that. Uh, but you got to have two guys. That could essentially anchor two pairings. If you have more, you're going to be in the top three. If you don't, it's going to be a little bit further down the list. And from that point on, if you don't have two, well, the teams that have one probably going to get ranked the highest according to how good that defenseman is. Because I I do believe in quality over quantity outside of specific, um, very unique situations. Are you on a similar uh, brainwave there, Tyson? Yes. Yes, I am. I like... On the same way, like if there's if there's a uh, two teams that have solid depth and one team has the better number one, then that's sort of how I kind of worked it. Beauty, nice and simple. Um, I mean, I think the easiest one here has got to be who's number one, right? And it's not really all that close. Like, there's some good decors out there, but should we say Avalanche on three? One, two, three, yeah. Avalanche. Avalanche. Okay. Yeah. Good job. <laughs> It's not but I mean, close. they. I mean, they. They've got three number one defensemen, and then maybe four, depending how you feel about Sam Gerrard on on any given night. And I mean, to have Josh Manson kind of rounding out your defense, like there, it's just an embarrassment of riches. And and when one of those guys includes the best defenseman on the planet, in my opinion, one of the three best players on the planet, you're going to be in a pretty good spot there. So yeah, for me, back to back years. The Colorado Colorado Avalanche, uh, number one defense core. Um, so we got that out of the way there. Now, similar to how we did the forward group, Tyson, I doubt this is going to be the case, but do you have the Winnipeg Jets in either the top 10 or the bottom 10? I do not. I think that's safe to say. Not the best, not the worst. Where they fit in after that, up for some interpretation. Um I mean, let's start. Let's start at the bottom because there are some. These are some beauty defense oh, groups. Boy, um, I, I mean, I'm intrigued to see who who gets ranked where, but they're all bad. Like it doesn't really matter all that much. I mean, to me though, the same way Colorado is number one by a long shot, the San Jose Sharks are just reaching magnificent levels of ineptitude. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, are they going to win like 10 games this year? My God, the forward group sucks. The defense core is way worse. Yeah, really, really, really bad. Like, <laughs> like a lot of those guys, it's, you know, like they're on their fourth or fifth team where it's just, you know, you kind of just forget. I, I'm, I'm blanking on a couple names right now because they're so forgettable, but like, just going back to Chicago, like seeing a name like Jared Tenorti in on their D pair, a guy who I never thought I would see in the NHL after like 2015, and he's still kicking around. Yeah, it's, I mean your your top pair right now is Mario Ferraro and the the, the corpse of Mark Edward Vlasic, who probably should be probably should be up in the front office for San Jose as opposed to playing on the top line or top pair there right now. But it's, they added yeah. Jan, they added Jan Ruda. Cool. All right. Uh, who do you have in your bottom five? For me, it's San Jose, 
I got Philly in at 31, followed by Chicago, Anaheim, and then Arizona. But I'm not going to really – I'm just not going to care all that much about the – do you have a similar bottom five? Yeah, I went with San Jose, Philly, Chicago, Anaheim, Montreal. Oh, did you have Arizona after Montreal? Yeah. Okay, that's what I had. Arizona, Montreal swap, but essentially the same thing there. Um, I'd say that's that that's fair to say. <laughs> so that one, two, three, four, five, six, spot of six, same teams, only one minor quibble there. Um, after that, I mean, things get a little bit interesting in terms of who rounds out your bottom ten. Do you want to give me your Next four teams in the bottom 10 there, Tice? Yeah, so I had St. Louis after Arizona at 26. Samers. Went Vancouver at 25. Really? Yeah. Vancouver at 25, Detroit 24, and then Washington at 23. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm pretty similar with that as well. Um, I, I have Vancouver a decent amount higher, actually. Um, but I followed it up with St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, Washington, and Detroit, and then Seattle in at the uh, 23rd ranked defense core. I'm just not a big uh, fan of uh, like Ronick's a solid player. I just don't like their total fit on defense. Oh, I, I think their decor isn't great. It's just to me, Quinn Hughes is, you know. Top 10 defensemen. So I'm just going to push them up a lot. I do like the Carson Soucy signing, though. I think he yeah. would I think he would have been a nice fit in Winnipeg if they didn't have 13 defensemen under NHL contracts. <laughs> um, it, it's, yeah, it, it look, it's not a great decor there, but, I mean, it got better from where it was last year. Better by subtraction with Ekman Larson going over to Florida and not playing 22 minutes a night. Um, either way though, uh, I mean, look it up in Vancouver, but nowhere near, uh, where some of the other teams are there. Um, rounding out the top 20 for me or the, the bottom 10, but the 20th ranked team I had, uh, Seattle at 23, Columbus, 22, Vancouver, 21, LA surprisingly at 20, similar to you where it's like, uh, you know what? Look it at the Kings D it's, it's not as good as you would think of a team no. of that caliber. That was the that was my first thought is looking at that. It was well, I'll tell you my ranking. So uh, 23 had Washington, 22 had Minnesota. I'm, with, I, I'm just not they're getting older and uh, like I like Spurgeon and I like Brodeen and Faber could potentially make an impact, but it's, to me it's just a bunch of guys who are like high-end twos. And it's no real guy that kind of commands the defense. And I think Spurgeon lost a little bit of a step last year. I mean, he's been kind of the He's played he's played a lot and just with his frame I think it's kind of starting to take a toll. He plays a heavy style of game for a guy his size. So I think it's starting to lose a little bit of a step, but Jonas Brodin still in my opinion is one of the more underrated defensemen in the league. He's just the he's just so so solid. It's just he's just one of the most solid defensemen in the NHL. And after Minnesota at 22, I LA at 21, Seattle at 20. I just, pretty I, much, yeah, for the most part, similar there. But yeah, I mean, the the Kings are, hey, they might be right. They're banking on Brand Clark to be a stud at nineteen yeah. twenty, which he might be by the end of the year. I think that might be one of the teams I have that might uh, creep a little bit higher by the time the season comes to end because Gavrikov was great for them too, coming over from Columbus. And if Clark's the real deal, then the equation will change pretty quickly there. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of teams that I have behind the Jets, Tice, that I would say it's fair to say they have a decent amount more ceiling than Winnipeg does with yeah. the group that they have right now. Like, there's a few of those teams that, I mean, look, you lean on the youth, they can come through for you in a big way, or they might take another year or two. But, I mean, if Edvinson hits in Detroit, if Clark hits in L.A., those two teams could jump up pretty quickly there because they've got some other nice pieces. But as of right now, I don't know if I'd be totally comfortable betting on the youth hitting it big on on uh, either of those clubs just yet. So good news, Jets fans. Not in the uh, the twenties. You're finding yourself in the teens once again, just like the forward group. Uh, let's switch it up to the top ten here, Tice. Uh, so both have Avalanche at the top. Again, I think we'll have similar teams all in around the, um, you know, the top five or so. Um, I don't know. Maybe I should change mine up a little bit. I, I know I'm not going to. I got the Rangers at number two. Ooh, I mean, wow. Adam Fox is the second best defenseman in all likelihood on the planet right now. At worst, number three. I actually like the Miller-Truba pairing. I think Jacob Truba gets a lot of heat for his cap it, but I, I actually... I don't know. I'm I'm a, I'm a fan of troops. I, I I think he's not as bad as a lot of Rangers fans think he is. He makes and, a little um, bit too much money. Like that's it. Yeah, that's, but he's good. Like he's a good he's, player. Just because he's not putting up sixty points a year, it's like oh, we got this anger here in New York. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a fan. Um, and I mean Brayton Schneider on your third pair. That's that's pretty juicy. Not too many teams have a young guy like that on the third pair. So I'll put the Rangers in at number two, just like the mix there. Probably should put Carolina higher, but I probably should. Whatever. They're at number three for me. Uh, the defending champion, Golden Knights, come in at number four. And then I'll have... Uh, I'll, I'll put Boston in at number five. Yeah, we have the same top. Not the same order, but the same group of teams. I, I went with... I actually went with Carolina above the Rangers. Yeah. And I, I just... That's it's fair. just so deep. Like, it's just... They, Slavin's kind of like... He's a number one, but it's more on like more airing on the lower end. Number one, even though he is, I still think underrated considering his play. But then Brent Burns, I mean, Brett Pesci's going to be gone in all likelihood, but if he sticks around, Dmitry Orlov, Brady Shea, like they've got, they've got a I lot prob- of guys. I probably, should change. I probably should change mine. <laughs> and then even like you look at Tony D'Angelo rounds out that top six, and then they've got guys like Jalen Chatfield, uh, Dylan Coughlin. Um, who they they just signed um Caleb Jones. So like that's those are nine defense NHL defensemen. Yeah. And I and I, and I believe I'm missing someone else too. So it's just absurd depth. That's sort of where depth kind of ups upends the high high end talent in my opinion. Yeah. And no. then I went with the Rangers third, Vegas four, Boston five. Yeah, I should probably change mine. That's fine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> don't, don't be, don't be ignorant and stuck in your ways. People admit when you're wrong and, and become a better person for it. So yeah, I'm going to change that. You're, you're right there. Tice. Uh, rounding up my top 10, I'm still going to put Tampa in at number six. Hedman didn't have his best year, but I, you know, when the chips are down, might lean towards the hall of famer over just about anybody else in the NHL right now. Um, and Sergeyev had himself a hell of a year. So I got Tampa at six Pittsburgh with Carlson. Coming in at number seven. I just kept putting Buffalo higher and higher, Tice. I love what the Sabres are doing outside of the crease this year. I got the Sabres at number eight. Um, the Islanders at number nine. 
just they're deep too. They're they're similar. They're like Carolina light. They're just deep one through six. Pelic Pulak always underrated. And I'm still gonna believe in Calgary at number ten. I you know I I think Mackenzie Weger. I'm a big Weger fan. I think we're gonna see a bounce back with Sutter out of the picture there. Hannafin, Anderson, Tanev. That's a pretty. That's a really good group of like one B guys all in your your top four there. So that rounds up my top ten. Pretty similar. Uh, I had Buffalo at six. Yes, Tyson. Yeah, yeah I just I, like with that defense already, they're you know, bringing back a lot of the like obviously Dalin Power Samuelson, but I really love just the depth acquisitions too of Eric Johnson and Connor Clifton. I think adding those two guys just gives a couple reliable guys, especially Eric Johnson, like a high. He's that high level vet. He's not he's not high level skilled player now, but he's that. He's that vet guy. Like you need a guy like Eric Johnson on your team if you re- if you want to take that next step. So I'm a big believer in Buffalo's defense. I actually have Dallas at number seven, and I'm a big fan of Miro Heiskanen. He's one of my favorite defensemen to watch. And but a guy I'm keeping my eye on this year is Thomas Harley. I think Thomas Harley is going to take a step and become a legitimate top four defenseman in Dallas. I'm a big fan of his game too. And then just SLN Dell's still solid. Um, I'm blanking on uh, the right hand. Niels Lungfist that they got from the Rangers is a guy that he he had an underrated season too. He's just they, a lot of guys kind of flew under the radar in Dallas, and I think even still, a couple of their forwards are still f- flying a little bit under the radar. So I had their D at seven, Tampa at eight. Like you said, Hedman and Sergachev, they're just too good. Pittsburgh at nine, and the Islanders at ten. Very well. Um, let's go through. Why don't we go up through the next handful of teams there, Tice? You got 11 through 15. Can the Winnipeg Jets find themselves in that group? For me, the answer is no. Um, after number 10, I got Nashville pretty much off of Roman Yossi, still being Roman Yossi, but you know, Ryan McDonough as a secondary option on the number two pair. Pretty good fallback plan for them there. Um, Toronto at 12, Florida with a healthy Ekblad and Montour. We'll just say like, by the time the season comes to an end, um, I, I, I like that one, two punch out there in Florida at 13, the big mover, the biggest one. And we're going to have to talk about this after we get to the Jets Tyson. Um, but the Ottawa senators, and this might be a top 10 group by the time the year comes to an end. Um, but obviously the addition of Jake Chikrin, the emergence of of um, Sanderson out there in Ottawa. Sanderson's um, really good. Yeah, I think I think by the time Christmas rolls around, that might be a top 10 group pretty quickly. Um, so I got Ottawa at 14, just kind of wait and see a little bit there. I got Dallas at 15. I love Heiskanen, top five defenseman. Don't really like anything else they have there. All right. We'll see. We'll see when Thomas Harley when Thomas Harley puts up 40 points this year, but Forty points. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> um, for mine outside the top ten, I went with Florida at eleven. I like the Ekblad Montour right-handed duos on first and second pair. There's not a lot there behind them, no. to be honest. Forsling's still there. He's a decent top four guy. Nothing crazy, but you know, maybe you see. It always seems that someone in Florida unexpected steps up. So I'm just waiting to see who that guy is. And they haven't really had someone on defense kind of take that big leap. So they're due for someone there. Uh, I went with Ottawa at number 12. 
actually. I mean, I, lo- I love Jake Sanderson. I thought, honestly thought, I honestly think that Thomas Shabbat might be the third best D-man on that team. Ooh, spicy. Yeah. I do think this is this might be my Carolina 2.0. I might have to put Ottawa up a couple spots higher. I, 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 I was maybe I was maybe a little bit too that that was some cowardice on my part. <laughs> I, got, I, I got to get the wheelbarrow. I, I got to get Ottawa closer to the top ten. And I think closing it out with Zub in your top four, he's just a salt another guy that's he's solid, scared. underrated. Like he's yeah. a he's a solid guy, and so I think that top four was really good for me. Um, I had New Jersey at thirteen, banking a little bit on Hughes and Nemich taking that, elevating that decor up a little bit. But even without them, Jonas Siegenthal is another guy who just does his job well, really well. Just a nice steady stay at home presence. John Marino had a bit of a bounce back too. I like to see that. But yeah, that's mainly hinging on Nemich and Hughes. Nemich and Hughes take a step. That decor could very easily jump into the top ten too. And then after that, I had Calgary. I like. I like Rasmus Anderson. I like Noah Hannafin, Uyghur. They're that, just a solid group. Anderson's kind of on that low-end number one. D-man, and then a couple high-end twos, and then Tanev's breaking down a little bit. Shillington's... He's like Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> that's, who he, that's who he reminds me of whenever I see him. It's just Nick Kyrgios. And then Nashville at 15. I just Yeah, so again, the same, same teams all in and around there. Um, so let's get right to it, Tice. Before you, you to... sorry, before you go on, I'm surprised you had Toronto at 12. Really? You didn't have them in that group there? No, I, can I spoil it? Oh, let's go, let's go ahead. Let's find out where the, where, where the Winnipeg Jets are, where the Toronto Maple Leafs are. I had Toronto at 18. Do you have the Jets ahead of them? One spot ahead of them. To, honestly, to me. They have super similar decors. Like really I totally similar. disagree. Really, I think. I mean, look, Morrissey over Riley for sure. Yeah, no argument there. I think two through six though. Toronto's up and down the board better than what Winnipeg has to offer. Like I don't think it's a big enough gap Morrissey to Riley than what Toronto's got two to six. I don't know. I I'm not a big fan of their decor. Just you. So you take D- TJ Brody over Dylan DeMello. Yeah. Okay. That's 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 fair. And then I take Jake McCabe over anyone else as well. All right. I, I could see that. But then would you have rather have John Klingberg over Neil Pionk? I do not like John Klingberg. What's I do not like John. He's <laughs> one of my least favorite players in the <laughs> NHL. I just but, like but I mean, after the year Neil Pionk had, it's not like he's world's better you know what i mean i mean Klingberg's the the weak mark there no doubt but i mean a third pair of giordano and and um uh timothy Lilgren. yeah yeah i i again i like that better than what winnipeg has i like but i like sandberg more than giordano yeah i to me to me they were so tight like i really to me those two were right neck and neck for me to round out the rest of my rankings, I got um, Dallas at 15, like I said, Minnesota 16, New Jersey just ahead of Winnipeg, New Jersey 17, Winnipeg 18, and then I've got Edmonton 19. Similar with what you've got there, Tice, except you got Winnipeg a spot ahead. Well, I had Nashville at 15, Columbus at 16, Ivan Provorov, Damon Severson, 
full year. Well, I exactly. Guess they, I forgot they got Severson too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I think they could take it. Then I, yeah, I had Winnipeg at one, or sorry, at seventeen. <laughs> Not one. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Winnipeg at seventeen. Toronto at eighteen. Edmonton at nineteen, and Seattle at twenty. So again, though, pretty similar. Yeah. And uh, very. I think we were one spot off with our forward rankings as well. But again, let's call it what it is, Tice. Middle of the pack once again. Yep. And I got to be honest, that's it's kind of surprising considering they haven't changed anything. Yeah. No kidding. Like, I mean, Ottawa jumps way ahead of them, right? Um, and there's a few other teams that made some addition. To me, it speaks to the season Josh Morrissey had that the Jets are even talking about, you know, sniffing the the upper half of the NHL's blue lines. So, I mean, one, give all the flowers in the world to Josh Morrissey for the year that he had. But, I mean, two, the the scary part is, is is he going to be able to do that for a second straight year? That's that's kind of the concerning part here. Not not that he's going to fall off a cliff or anything, but, I mean, essentially a point-per-game defenseman last year, he gives you 65 points. You know what I mean? And it's still top-notch all across the board there. The the defense core isn't good enough, and there's not enough high-end talent coming through the ranks like some of these other teams. You're you're basically putting a lot of chips in Morrissey being Morrissey once again, and then Neil Pionk figures it out and gets back to the guy that he was three years ago. I I, I don't know if that's a excellent plan for success heading into this season with with what's at stake for this club. I was I was just. Well, I wanted to ask you, like, how catastrophic do you think if Josh Morrissey, because if really you look at his point totals throughout his career, his his career high before last season was was 37. Could you imagine if he, if let's say he regresses even to 50 points? Like, do you think that's catastrophic for the Jets? Do you think that's a death blow? To their chance to their playoff chances, like oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I mean, I, I really couldn't believe that he's never had over forty points in a season before this last one. And especially and because he was so good the previous year. Yeah, I mean injuries, injuries, and lockout seasons do kind of do play a factor in that a little bit. So I mean, there there was one season I think he was on pace for like fifty points, but. If he like let's let's just say he goes back to fifty points, even fifty five points, that's I think that's too much. I think it's crazy to think that there was it's if you go back and look at that this past season for the Jets, so much stuff went right for them. Like early on, there was so many things that were clicking with them that they needed to click if they wanted to be in the spot that they were in. And then you kind of saw at the tail end of like what happens when not everything's clicking, and it's kind of that's. That's where it's going to be interesting this season. It's just uh, how much do you need to go right again? And that yeah, is... They, they need a lot. They, 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 they can't just afford to assume everybody plays to to their potential. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they need essentially everybody to step up and play above what they might be capable of. And that that's just to be like a top 10 group. Yeah. Like barely, right? Like it's... It's still mind-blowing to me that we're doing this same song and dance once again with the same group of defense. Like there, There's this odd insistence on running this core back over and over again when they're 
they're fine, but it's just it's it's nothing that's going to be earth shattering for you. And I mean, on Morrissey's side of things, you know, he shot almost ten percent last year, sixteen goals. You would imagine that comes down a little bit this year. You know, I think career wise, somewhere around six percent. So you're going to see a drop in goals from him. Can the assist stay as high? Maybe, maybe. I, I, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a little bit of worry for me that not that Morrissey's going to be you know, second pair all of a sudden, but just if he's just first pair good, like, you know, yeah. if, if he's the 15th best defenseman in the NHL this year, what what happens? Yeah. And especially because, you know, there's some question marks up front again with some young guys being leaned on in, in pretty in pretty heavy spots there. So, I mean, there, there's con- some, some concern there. Again, I think, you know, with a season he had last year, Morrissey is a no doubt about a top 10 guy going into this year. Um, they're just asking a lot of the guy to, to bring that back and deliver it again, once again, this season. I mean, the big one is, is obviously Neil Pionk, right? Yeah. The, the, the Jets like him more than 90% Everyone. of the fans do. And then what, and what the numbers say, right? And I guess they're to his credit. I mean, look, he was not good at all through 60, 65 games. Maybe that's been maybe 70 games. To his credit, and we were really hard on him all year long. Oh, yeah. To his credit, he turned it around to the final handful of games. And then when Morrissey went down in the playoffs, he was maybe outside of Adam Lowry, the team's best player. Like, he was really, really good against Vegas. So the Jets are just in a big, big way banking on him to recapture that form and maybe... You know, the you, you reunite the Minnesota boys there, and maybe Pyong Sandberg become a solid to to really good second pair for the team. Third pair isn't even really a big question mark for the Jets. They've got enough guys there, and they're going to have a a good one. But man, oh man, that that second pairing is is where all the question marks come in, and it really is what's going to define the team this season on their back end. Is can they can they have a level of dependency when Morrissey and Demello are not on the ice together? And that, and that's what they're going to be looking for too, with really the inevitable stat regression of Josh Morrissey, because like it's kind of it's it's kind of crazy to assume he's going to be point per game again this this upcoming year, right? Do you agree with that? Yeah, I, I'm not expecting it. I, I think I think he can give you if he gives you 70 points in 82 games. Yeah, I would be ecstatic with that. Yeah, so like I, I in my opinion, you're hoping that let's just say those 10 less points that Morrissey gets 10. 15 that Neil Pionk can make up that difference with a bit of a bounce back season. That's what you got to be hoping for right now. Cause it's, unless, yeah. unless all of a sudden Billy Hainala comes into camp and gives them no choice, but to play him in the top four and in that Pionk role, which I don't really see happening. I think especially after training camp rolls around, I think we might be seeing Hainala off to somewhere new before the season even starts. But if you're you're relying a lot on Neil Pionk bouncing back in reality. Yep. What do you think? I don't know. It it's ever since those hip injuries that he had. He it was so good that first season here in Winnipeg and it just seems that he's kinda lost a little bit. He's got he just doesn't have that extra half step anymore. He seems a little slower. And because he doesn't have that extra foot speed, it's I feel like he's almost had a harder time with the decision making where you can kind of skate yourself out of trouble a little bit more so. And then 
now you don't have that extra that extra jump and it just makes moving the puck just a tiny bit harder yeah no that i i don't disagree with any of that there and i mean we'll, we'll see hopefully a, a lengthy off season has him nice and sharp um 28 years old going on 29 i was in that spot my my joints weren't uh, working as good in the late 20s <laughs> and into the early 30s there so i i mean i i think if you're winnipeg you're hoping for one more one more good year out of him, and and, and you figure things out after that uh, and, and maybe Sandberg takes a bit of a step too, right? Like a, he's not going to be a 50 point guy ever, but maybe he jumps up to 25, 30 points playing on, on the second pair. Right. So you're, you're, you're hoping for, if it's not P you're basically hoping for two or three other guys to jump up and, and reach new heights there. And I think Sandberg is also going to be leaned on quite heavily here. And, and maybe bones who, was the D-man whisperer to, to Morrissey last year, does something similar to either Sandberg and or Pionk this year. The one thing, though, and I mentioned this earlier, Tyson, you know, take a look at some of the other teams that made big moves. In last year's rankings, I had Ottawa at 25, <laughs> the 25th best defense core in the NHL. One move without giving up a whole lot off the roster, draft pick-wise as well. They're up to fourteen. Uh, I think that might, be- and, and, and I think I'm maybe a little bit. That you could probably push them up a little bit higher there, but it speaks. And I don't know if it's. I don't know if this move is even plausible right now for the Jets, considering where they are in this limbo sort of a state, contending, rebuilding. You know what I mean? Like it's it's not the best time potentially to try to cash it on all your assets right now. And it didn't have to be Chikrin, Tyson. Didn't have to be Carlson, even though I would have cried tears of joy throughout the month of August. But if the Jets would have been aggressive and and made a move there, maybe it is 11 spots. Maybe it's nine spots. They'd be a top 10 defense core if they were able to find a way to make a move of that caliber, to have a guy behind Morrissey that you can no doubt depend on every day of the week. And I think that's for a number of years now, that's been... Maybe under the radar, the biggest mistake that Kevin Sheveldayoff has made is is not going out there and trying to find the guy that can be a number one defenseman and give you that rock solid one A one B pairing. I agree with you hundred percent there. And I was even like just thinking, where do you think the Jets' number two pairing ranks? If you were ranking only number two pairings, where oh, is that rank? Yeah. Bottom, bottom. Well, there's some bad ones, but <laughs> there are some bad ones, but. I think you're. I think they'd be right on that cusp of bottom ten. Yeah, like twenty, yeah, twenty four, twenty three. Yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, an interesting thought experiment is let's just for for argument's sake swap Chikrin and Pionk. And if it's Chikrin, Sandberg, Morrissey, Demello, at least at least three spots. Three, four I, I, I think I think that's at least top ten. Yeah, like Chikrin, at least number ten. Chikrin is people are going to really realize this year with on an actual team that he wants to be on his talent level. I think he's going to shock a lot of people. <sighs> yeah, it's too bad the Jets couldn't pull that one off. That's going to be that's going to be like I don't want to say final nail in the coffin for Chevy, but that's going to be something a lot of people keep coming back to. 
as the season goes yeah. on, I think. I think they, I, yeah, I think they should, but we'll see. And then maybe Neil Pionk finds a way to get back to the guy he was two years ago. And we're eating a bit of crow a couple months into the season. But as it stands right now, um, 18 for me, 17th ranked decor for Tyson. Uh, let's hope the goaltending goes a little bit better next week in the rankings. Thankfully, thankfully, I think it's gonna it's gonna be a little bit, a little bit on the juicy side for the Jets. For now, for now. <laughs> oh God, no! What have they done? <laughs> At the least, though, we'll uh, look forward to that next week. Uh, but that'll do it for the episode today. And uh, now we'll get ready to cap off the rest of the week with a uh, episode Friday, a mailbag question comment episode once again this time talking about the blue line for the winnipeg jets we'll get into all of that to close out the week on friday morning until then though thank you guys for stopping in and tuning in to another episode of skates and plates on the hockey podcast network i'm your host brandon rewicki cjob's tyson rewicki with me once again like i mentioned we'll get back at it with your questions and comments a mailbag episode on friday morning until then enjoy the rest of your week Have a great time. Stay safe, everybody. Peace.